most competitive guy. I, I mean, I would throw on Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, oh, yeah. Kobe Bryant. It's basketball. It can't be, you know, you, you can't overthink it. Hey, everyone. Welcome in. It's another edition of King and Foster on NRM Streamcast. It's another day, another uh, another dollar. Tom Mazaway in our studios in Farmington. Terry Foster, Jimmy King out on location. We go out to T. Foss. I've been looking at Twitter in the last couple of minutes, T. It looks like you're in a couple of arguments out there, man. What's up? Yeah, it, you know, anytime you bring up, um, you know, the social distancing and Governor yeah. Whitmer, people just go nuts on it. And, and people always hit me with these arguments that they get straight from Donald Trump. If he says something with no evidence, then, then it becomes the gospel. So yep. um, that's what we're doing. We're fighting on Twitter. But speaking, of a guy, speaking of a guy that will fight with you is the guy to, uh, to, to my right here right now on the screen. We go out to the Kingdome out in Plano, Texas. Uh, looks like he decorated the office there a little bit. Jimmy King joins us. What's up, Jay? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing today? Good. What's that picture behind you? Is that oh, Donald that Trump? Huh? No, no, it's not. It's not the dawn. It's just a reflection off a mirror. Oh, outside. okay. All right. It looks like a, it looked like a no, picture of the not, president not, behind you. No, it's not. It's not Donnie. <laughs> Donnie Brasco. Yeah, Donnie Brasco. He, yeah. <laughs> He's running the country like Donnie Brasco. <laughs> hey, I heard you're going to be on with uh, Darren McCarty when you're done here. You're doing double duty. Oh yeah, D Mac. Oh yeah, I'll be on with my man D Mac. That'll be good. And Nick. Right we'll after look, our show. We'll look oh, forward yeah, to it. Sure. We're going to have some fun. I miss you guys. I miss all you guys. I wish we could be in the studio, but. Miss you too, man. You know, we're we'll looking forward to it. All Let's right, T Foss. Let's move everything to Texas. That's that all. Nice warm weather. I'm down with it. Not I'm me. Trying to make it. I'm trying to make it work logistically now. <laughs> I'm not going to Texas. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hook 'em horns. Yeah, it's already it's already it's already eighty five. Yeah, you could have that. Thanks anyway. That's anyway. beautiful. I'm sitting I'll take- outside, hear the hear the birds chirping, watching the bunnies jump across the yard. People shooting at them. People shooting no, at them. No, no, no. No, no hunting on these grounds. No uh-huh. hunting on these grounds. T-Foss. I did pick up a dead bird though. <laughs> Go ahead, T Foss. Lead us lead the way. All right, a little ticked off today there, uh, Mr. King and Mr. Mazaway. ESPN came out, I don't know if they're top 40 players. Or 74. Players, 74. 74. I don't understand how after 1990, Isaiah Thomas was considered one of the top 10 players in the NBA. Now he's number 31. And let me give you three names that he's behind. John Stockton, you knew he was going to be there, and that bothers me. Steve Nash and Allen Iverson. I can sort of understand the Allen Iverson one. No. But, you know, how does Steve Nash, Stockton, and Iverson finish ahead of Zeke, man? I just just don't get it. Can somebody help me out on this one? Yeah, waiting on Jimmy. I think it's totally – I think it's totally disrespectful to have him behind two guys. Um, in my opinion, doesn't have the breadth or the body of work, you know, that he has statistically uh, because they've played longer. Um, they may have better numbers, but as far as impacting the game and 
um, and leading uh, capabilities and qualities that I look for, totally disrespectful. Listen to those birdies, man. They're really chirping by you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They just hatched about uh, four days ago. So uh, the mother and father are busy keeping them fed. So the oh. birds are chirping. And mm. and every time they chirp, chirp, they got to go out and scout and find some food. So they, I love it. they're going back and forth. You might hear them or see them. That's sweet. Uh, occasionally. That'll be great. That'll be great. Hey, man, uh, Clarence and I talked about this as well. Uh, to have Steve Nash ahead of Isaiah Thomas, to me, is a – that's a total injustice. I mean, top 31, that's where he's they, – they, then again, Wilt Chamberlain, they ranked not in the top five. So <laughs> there's another – they have LeBron James at number two. I'm sorry. LeBron James is not the second greatest basketball player in all time. I'm, I'm sorry. He's not. Not even close. I, you, you might be sorry, but I'm going to agree with that one. I think oh, he is number please. two. The way – that he plays all 84 feet of the floor. He plays a different game than Wilt and um, and Shaq and all these other guys. He can control a game more than anybody. And if you notice in the NBA, every time he goes to a team, they're title contenders. That includes, included shanky-ass Cleveland, too. So wherever he goes, all of a sudden, they're a title contender. you got to put them on the list of teams that could win an NBA title. Um so I think he, he does belong number two because of the game he plays. Or Magic Johnson. I put Magic Johnson there because I like guys who can control all 84 feet of the floor, and I think LeBron and Magic can do that. Oscar Robertson was number 11. How about him? You know, he played in the, in the dark ages of the NBA. If he could have done the same thing in the 80s or 90s, he would have gotten better consideration. But to me, the NBA – it was a shell of itself in the 60s, in the 50s, in the 40s. It just wasn't the same. The players weren't the same. All right. I mean, Wilt was probably going over six foot five centers and dunking on. Well, he couldn't dunk because they wouldn't let him do it. But um, I think that's why he's a little bit lower than maybe he should be. I'll tell you this. Wilt, it, as far as playing, he's a better player than Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq was just more dominant from the strength standpoint. He could just you know, dunk his way through. And uh, I, I I, think when you look at skill set, Will Chamberlain was more skilled than Shaquille O'Neal. All right, if you say so. I'll give you LeBron. I'll take Hakeem Olajuwon, who comes in at number 11, and we'll play some ball. Oh, the dream shake? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody, you know, I saw one person stop the dream shake in crunch time. You know who that was? MJ? Dennis David Rodman. Dennis no, Rodman. Rodman. Uh, Pistons are playing Houston. In Houston, uh, Pistons are up one. And you know the ball is going into Akeem. So he gets the ball, does the dream shake on Rodman, comes back. He's going to do a little finger roll, Gervin finger roll. Rodman blocked it. It was one of the best defensive plays I've ever seen, considering who was trying to finish off that game and and the position that he was in it was just one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. It was wonderful. Go ahead, Jimmy. Well, if I if I'm if we're debating the number two spot, um, personally, I would say uh, um, I, I like the Hakeem pick, uh, but um, realistically, it would have to be Will. 
Wilt Chamberlain has his own record book. He averaged 50 points and 20 plus rebounds in one season, not including blocks, steals, and assists. He almost averaged a quadruple double for the year. So what we're talking about, Russell Westbrook and what he's done and Oscar Robinson, uh, people forget about Wilt, who could handle the ball, go full court, could change the game. And the greatest, and I think you mentioned this, Maz, a couple of weeks ago, um, point that Wilt points out to uh, Michael Jordan, who most consider the greatest, is that they changed the game to stop him. Yep. But they changed the game to add to Michael's ability. And that right there should tell you that in itself um, – he deserves to be in the top five, at least, but definitely top three. They got him at number five. They got – wait, Wilt they have at number – Wilt six. is number six. Yeah, number six. Here, Here's something that I don't understand. I even debate myself about this. Why don't we consider Magic Johnson at least the number two player of all time? I mean – there was no six foot nine point guards at the time. Uh, he revolutionized the game. He changed the game. Uh, he could shoot. He wasn't a great shooter, but he could shoot a little bit. Uh, he made everybody else better, and he played all eighty four feet on the floor. So, you know, to me, I mean, a lot of times I, I fight with myself, and maybe Magic should to have that title as the number two guy of all time. Why isn't he there? He's at three. Not at two, though. No, no, he's not at three. I'm sorry, he's at five. He's at five in this in this particular I, one. Yeah, I think it's scalable. I mean, you you know, it's it's tough uh, when you're talking about you know thousands of great players um, to to narrow it down to two. Um, uh, you know, definitely top five. Uh, Larry Joe Bird has to be in the top five. I don't know where they ranked him. Like seven, I think. Seventh. Yeah, six or seven. Um, yeah, some of the things that, you know, that he did, I think goes underappreciated just because he wasn't the most athletic. Um, and I think he was white. You know, I think that had a lot to do with what people consider, um, unfortunately, uh, a great basketball player. So I think that works against him. But, um, yeah, you know, you look at the things that he's done. We were talking about statistically he's – equal in some ways uh, better than LeBron James that most consider the best or in the top three. Hey, so, I, want to th- I want to throw a name at you guys. I do. Listen, this is a guy that's near and dear to my heart, and maybe I overlook it. Maybe I'm looking at him like he's better than he was. Walt Frazier. Walt Frazier. Great defensive guard. Um, smooth guy. Um Greatest Nick of all time. I don't care about Willis Reed. Walt Frazier is the greatest Nick of all time. Agreed. And um, no, he could, he could control. It. He was smooth on the court. It was like when he was on the court. It's my game. I'm controlling this stuff out here. Y'all are just kind of spectators, and and I'm out here controlling this. Um, you know, definitely top thirty player. But I'm not going to put him. I wouldn't put him ahead of Isaiah though. Well, he's at 39. And what do you know about him, uh, Jimmy? Did you follow him as a kid? 
What I know about him is his style. <laughs> I know the hats. I know the furs. All right, so you boots. know, you know his dress know game. The, yeah, I know his dress game. I know that he's probably tops, and when it comes to really setting the trend, he's the first to step out and say and embrace modeling um, to a degree. Um, so I don't think he gets enough credit for really ushering in fashion um, that uh, with the NBA, uh, which is what the NBA is a subculture known for, uh, is his dress, um, especially today with some of the things that those the guys wear. But Walt Frazier was uh, a pioneer in, in <laughs> ushering in um, fashion into the NBA. He'd pull up in a Rolls Royce, too, at the Garden, which is hilarious. <laughs> Hey, oh, yeah. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Yep, that's what he's supposed that's to do. Right. All hey, eyes how, on me. How about Bob Lanier popping in at 71? Uh, I, I can see that. Um, Bob Lanier, great player, was a little left handed hook and everything, but you know, he had knee problems and that kind of hurt him a little bit. Plus, he played on a bad Pistons team, so. I think that's what hurt him a little bit, but I could I can understand that. I, I'd like to put him in top fifty because he was one of my guys when I was growing up as a kid. Yeah. It was Dave Bing and Bob Lanier, but I kind of understand it now. All right, I got one for you. At number sixty-eight, Pete Maravich. Sixty-eight? Are you kidding yeah. me? Got a love Pistol Pete, <laughs> but the list is 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 subjective. Is, is totally subjective. You know, you can have guys that are probably in the 60s and the 30s and, and vice versa. So, you know, who 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 knows? Who who really cares? It's just really celebrating some of the best and consistently, uh, whether they're they're ranked at the same place or in the top 10 or top 20 or top 30, uh, we, we are talking about the same guys uh, who had an impact, you know, in the game. And all of our lists will probably differ. Right. Um, will differ. It's fun to talk uh, about. It's fun to talk about stuff like this. Dennis Rodman at 62. Terry? There you go. Um, I have no problem <laughs> with that. Not no? a top 50 player, but a guy you could, could, could put under consideration. Um, he, he is the best on-ball defender I've ever seen uh, live. And we don't put enough premium on defense. And if we did, Dennis Rodman would be up there, obviously. But, you know, this is a guy that could guard one through five. I told you, you know, he didn't fall for the dream shake. He blocked it at the end of the game. It was just Rodman was phenomenal. So I could see him in the 60s. Probably not a top 50 player, but in the 60s, definitely. And a Hall of Famer. No doubt. No doubt about it. No problem with that. Man, this is a great list. I just keep going down these lists. Here's another one of my favorites. Wes, Wes Unseld, number 50. Comes in at 50. I loved Wes Unseld, man. Who threw a better pass than Wes Unseld as a center? The original the original rebound and outlet guy. Yep. <laughs> Start the fast break, catch it off the board, and kick it out right down um, right down the middle so you can catch it at the free throw line. We, we practiced that in high school. <laughs> But I he tell made you, that oh yeah, I'm, for sure. I'm telling you, man. If I had a if I had a son, guys, I swear to God, my wife asked my wife. I was naming him Wes. 
I loved Wes Unseld. I I loved him. Loved him. Terry, what do you got yeah, on Wes Unseld? You got, you got one thing wrong, man. He grabbed that rebound and just threw it with one yeah. hand, man. Like, he looked like Justin Verlander, man. Phenomenal. That yeah. So phenomenal. Yeah, that's right. Go get it, young fella. Just put a little air under it. Let it bounce one time and and, and run right into your layup. How about our boy Reggie Miller popping in at 49? I like uh, Reggie. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, lo- I love this game. I love this swagger. Uh, the dude can shoot. And um, so um, but I'll, I'll tell you a story about Reggie Miller. This this pissed me off. It shows <laughs> I, I'm, we're getting into a different era about bars. And people don't they, – they put people in charge of the televisions at bars who don't know what they're doing. We're in Indianapolis the night that they retire Reggie Miller's number. And in Indianapolis, I mean, he, he, he should own the place. Anyway, the game comes on, you know, is on. Then they're about to have the ceremony. These women behind the bar turned off the TVs to something else. They turned off Reggie Miller's retirement ceremony and, uh, you know, induction, which I, I just – it just – angered me i got up say, hey we got to turn that back on i'm not even from indy and i know you, you got to turn that stuff on there's oh okay so um that's great i was i was a little pissed off by that hey when i think of reggie miller i think of the pistons i think of tayshawn man what a, what a play you talked about what great plays you've seen has it was there a better play than that for the pistons and pistons history Well, I um, <clears throat> I don't know about that, but what I know about Reggie is that when I was with the Pacers <clears throat> and I was trying to make the team and I'm coming in early, four or five o'clock in the morning, trying to beat everybody in the practice facility. There was one person, I don't care how early I got there, well, it was 3, 3.30 in the morning, he was there and it was Reggie Miller. <laughs> And for that, that changed my whole perspective of him and um, his drive and, and, and his work ethic. It was amazing because I don't know who was tipping him off or how, or, or, or I just don't know how he did it because either he stayed in the hotel um, where I was and didn't go home <laughs> because I was only 15, 10 minutes, 10 minutes from the gym. And he stayed maybe a half an hour, and I could not beat him to the gym regardless. So for his work ethic and what I witnessed, he deserves to be in the top 50 uh, for that alone. Terry, you left the room and went and got a picture. I, I kind of know what that picture is. This is hanging up in the man's room. There it is. Tayshaun cleaning the glass. Windex cleaning the glass. What a play, man. What a play. Here's the great thing about that play. I thought there was no way Tayshaun could get over there because not only was he behind Reggie, but he was on the opposite side of the court when Reggie was going in for the layup. And he just catch, caught up with him, blocked it, and I said, okay, they're going to call a foul. No foul. And it was not a foul either. That's why you got to yank it in that situation. So you could create the illusion, even if you miss it, you know, 
of, of a foul. That's why you have to yank it. You never lay the wow. You never lay the ball up in that situation unless the time is you know running out and you can, you have to let go. But he had time enough and he had enough lead time in advance to dunk it. And Reggie Miller was the all-time great at faking fouls that he would, he would get fouled on these uh, three-pointers. He'd throw his legs out and they would call fouls on people. And they're like, well, wait a minute. I was I just went up and this dude kicked me and you calling me for a foul? He was all-time great at that too. I think he was, I, he was so shocked, I think. I, I think he was completely shocked by that play. I think it took him off his game. He probably, I think he caught a glimpse of Tayshawn and said, he's not going to catch up with me. Didn't even think about it. So I can just lay this rascal up and it's going to be good. He didn't know he's going to be there. Mm. Great stuff. That's why you stay aggressive and yank it. <laughs> That's why you stay aggress- aggressive and yank it. Young fellas out there who are playing the game, if you ever in that situation, that's when you posterize somebody. Because instead of talking about Tayshawn's block, we should be talking about Reggie's and one and how nasty it is. If that, if that goes in, Terry, do they win that game? I don't think so. That, that, was, that was the play that decided that series. I, I, the Pistons were on shaky ground the entire playoff. I don't think they. I don't think they'd win that series if uh, Tayshawn didn't make that play. Isn't that something? I I totally agree with you. I mean, how about if the Pacers, if 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 he makes that basket, if Reggie makes that basket, I think they beat the Pistons, right? I think that would have happened, but he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. It's a possibility. He didn't. So Man, go that's ahead. Are you done? You got to give, and at least say you miss it. Right, at least your teammates on the side are fired up, like you're going all out. But when you get your shot blocked like that, it takes a little air out the stale from everybody. Do you think he goes to sleep thinking it out about that shot still, to, uh, Jimmy? Oh yeah, there's a lot of instances I know that uh, he he thinks about that that slipped away from him. Um, that one particularly with the Pistons, um, a couple of times uh, they you know up. I believe uh, four minutes left uh, to go to the uh, NBA Finals, or no, to win. No, to go to the NBA Finals, um, and they lose. Like, he had a lot of heartbreaking uh, moments, and he's not the only one in that era. Patrick Ewing, uh, Charles Barkley, we talk about a whole lot of great players that didn't get rings because of, the great Michael Jordan and, 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 and Hakeem Olajuwon, who's one of my favorite players, probably wouldn't have his rings if Mike didn't retire. We'll never know. Go ahead, Terry. Yeah, I thought, uh, didn't Charles Oakley blame Patrick Ewing for him not winning an NBA title? Which I He said he was a horrible made... leader. Yeah. He said but, yeah, that? But play. He, he said, said that? He was the he said he wasn't – he didn't say a horrible leader, but he said he wasn't the type of leader to win a, a franchise or take a franchise to a championship. Wow, I disagree with that. Totally. I disagree with that too. Uh, you know, you need – I mean, you have – you know, I thought he was a very good player. You had – sometimes you had John Starks melting down. You had Oakley doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. 
Uh, Charles think, Smith missing free throws. Yeah, it about right. Charles Smith missing yeah. layups. Yeah. Right. He missed the layup with 2.4 seconds left. Coach these dudes, I don't think. I think he, his main thing is he's got to play. That Knicks team could have won two championships, you know, in, the, in that era with Pat Riley. Pat Riley, man, the more I think about it, the more I think Pat Riley could be one of the top – he's top three coaches of all time. Would you agree with me, Terry? I, I think Pat Riley's the best. I would put Good. him ahead of Phil Jackson Good. because Pat Riley built things, made them championship contenders. You know, and Phil Jackson, what he's done, God bless him, that's great. He's never had to build anything, and that's just my rub with him. You still got to coach him, though. That's true, but you have to go through the tough times. Uh, that's the sign of a great coach to me, someone that uh, – when you're a bad, mediocre team, okay, how do I make this a good team? How do I make a good team a, a, a great team? He took over great teams and made them champions. And that's great, but it's not as great as bringing something from the ground floor all the way up. All right, guys. Hey, that was a quickie. Stay tuned. Part two coming up on King and Foster right here on our NRM Streamcast. Tom Mazaway in our studios here in Farmington. Thanks to the guys, David and Angel, behind the glass. We're back right after this on NRM Streamcast. 